into the Old Testament, amen, hallelujah, in the book of Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, and I'm going to give you just a minute or two to be able to get that scripture from the book of Habakkuk. So, but when you got it like I got it, then you just kind of, you just kind of go like that and bam, and you can go like that, and you go like that, you go like that, bam, there it is right there, praise God, hallelujah. And glory be to God. Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, just a minute or two and give you all that chance to, you know, to be able to get that scripture. Yeah, table of contents, table of contents. Thank God for the table of contents. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Chapter three. Habakkuk chapter three. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. Hallelujah. If you have the same Bible I have, perhaps you may find that on page 1200. Uh, amen, everybody. Amen. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, <laughs> neither shall the fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off. For, oh, hallelujah. From the, I hear somebody say, mm-hmm. We're going somewhere this morning. And there shall be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Now, i got to read verse 19 as well. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon, the, upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Now let's go back and read here in verse 1 as well. A prayer of Habakkuk, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> Upon Shigayoni. 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 Now you say, well, what's that? Speaking in tongues up here? Yeah, doing some of that as well. Hallelujah. This is, amen, uh, this morning, if you will, consideration this morning, we're continuing uh, with the thought, the theme of the title, Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. There's no doubt that we live in a world of worry. And in fact, our English word worry, W-O-R-R-Y, comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word, which means to strangle. So anytime you're really worrying, then in effect you are strangling yourself. You are choking off things that God wants to do for you in your lives. And I believe that this definition is really spot on. This description is really spot on of the emotional pain that a whole lot of people feel when they worry. Someone that we know and love, uh, uh, 
you know, and, and, and yet do, that has gone home to be with the Lord, and they would say that, you know, sometimes they would just get so vexed that their throat would, would, would get, the air passage would, 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 would close up. And you see, that's what worry and fear will do for you. It will really literally strangle, strangle and, 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 and choke the life out of you if you allow that to be so. So then when we worry, then that means that our peace of mind is strangled. But I thank God because he's given us a way to recapture and restore our peace of mind, even if you are in the midst of trials and, and tribulations. And it involves a, 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 a process uh, that I believe is, is it's called, that I'm going to call correct thinking. Right. Correct thinking, which in turn begets correct living. So when you think correctly, you live correctly, you're going to live correctly. Yes. Let me give you a scripture on that too, because I know that we have to have some scripture back to back that up and all. I'm just not talking from philosophy you know, or, or, or something that I learned, uh, you know, one of the college uh, uh, theology courses or any of that. But in the book of Proverbs chapter 23, in verse 7, for as, this is what it says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So again, correct thinking in turn begets correct living. So then to me, that means we need to learn to think different if we're going to act different, all right? So they're going to shout and say, well, please tell us how to do that, Pastor. Please tell us how to do that. Okay, here it is. I'm going to tell you how we can do that. We do that by changing the way we see things. We change our perspective on what we do. Here we are in the book of Habakkuk and and we are in the third chapter. Uh, we have the first chapter, one of the most notable things in the second chapter, which we have been told And Habakkuk says, he says, the just shall live by faith. Right. When you live by faith, you see things differently than everybody else around you. And everybody else just, just makes the decision that you are the one that's out of step. There's something strange. There's something weird about you. And I'm going to take it to another level and say that is absolutely correct. Because if you are a person of faith and if you are walking by faith, then you are peculiar. Yes. Hallelujah. All right. We're really talking about Thanksgiving here. Thanksgiving. Thanks. Good. The clock. Runner is, is not in here, so I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Back here in, 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 in verse uh, 1 of, of, of chapter 3, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shigunyoni. Mm -hmm. The Amplified says, uh, a, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet set to wild, enthusiastic, Loud and triumphal music. So in other words, this preacher, this brother, yeah, he was Pentecostal. He was, yeah, uh-huh. He was from the church within the church. He was a Pentecostal preacher. Praise God. Anybody know anything about loud, wild, enthusiastic, triumphant music? Yes, hallelujah. Glory be to God. But we're talking about Thanksgiving. 
And I gave this definition on last week. The American Dictionary of the English Language, the 1828 version by Noah Webster, defines thanksgiving as the act of rendering gratitude for favors or mercies and rendering thanks for good received. Not goods, but good, because if we would say we're thanking God for goods received, then that would limit us to just those material, visible, physical, materialistic things that we have, and it would exclude that good which God wants to do for us. So we change our thinking, we change the way we act. Lord, we thank you. I'm rendering thanksgiving for the good that you have done for me. Hallelujah. Verse 18 here in Habakkuk chapter 3. I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior. I'm a little bit above here. Back up a little bit. So here we are, verse 17 again. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herds in the stalls. Yet, mm-hmm. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Well, on this past Thursday, uh, we celebrated what is traditionally called Thanksgiving. And that was when the pilgrims, pilgrims back in, I believe it was 1620, uh, that they came to this continent to build a new world so that they would be free to worship God here on their own. Yes. And even during that time, but then there was soon 56 of those pilgrims that came, uh, they died due to starvation, disease, and the cold winter. And even in all of that, they didn't give up. I said, it's just too cold over here. Look, I'm going to swim back across the channel, and I'm going to swim back across the pond and go back to England and do all of those things. But the gist of that first Thanksgiving in 1621, there were 46 pilgrims and 96 Indians. They met together and came together to give thanks for a bountiful harvest and for the preservation of their lives. Now, Think about this. These pilgrims, these 46 pilgrims, had every reason to be depressed and discouraged because they were in a strange land. They were in a place that they told them, oh, don't, don't look, don't go across that water over there because the earth is flat, and if you do, you're going to fall off the end of the earth. So they had every reason to be depressed. They had every reason to be discouraged. They had every reason to worry about what was going to happen next. But watch this. But instead, they chose to give thanks to God. Giving thanks to God in no matter what situation you are going through means everything to the Lord. This book, the entire book of Habakkuk, was written here against the backdrop of apostasy and judgment and unbelievable hardship for God's people. And when you get a chance, I want you to read it chronologically and by beginning in Habakkuk chapter one and reading all the way through 
to chapter 3. In chapter 1 and chapter 2, there were some very detrimental things that were happening uh, to the Israelites, to the children of God, uh, because they had an enemy who was called, it was a child, they were called the Chaldeans and or the Babylonians. So they're interchangeable people. And, and they were some real bad people. They didn't like God. They didn't like the people of God. And they would do everything that they could to try to make sure that God's people were not successful. Now, Habakkuk, the name Habakkuk means wrestler. We know about wrestling, okay? But in addition to that, he was also, if you will, theologians called him the Doubting Thomas of the Old Testament. Why was he called that? Because, you know, he saw some stuff going on. He said, look, I see some stuff going on. You could tell me whatever you want, but look, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. There are a whole lot of doubting Thomases in the earth today. I'm not going to say in this church, in this building, in, right here today, none in this building, ushers. <laughs> but in society, there are a whole lot of doubting Thomases. Yes. This book bears the name of Habakkuk, but it really is a great book for any of us who may at any time wonder, even in our own lives. One of the things when you read it, and I'm not going to tell you where it is, in the book of Habakkuk, it's between chapter 1 and chapter 3, when Habakkuk had a conversation with God, and he saw some things happening and some things that God was showing him in the visions, and he didn't particularly like it, and he saw what was going to take place, and he really cried out, and he said, where is God? Sometimes in our lives, when things aren't working the way that we think they should work, in the order and in that timely fashion that we think they should work in, we too cry out and say, Lord, I thought you were with me. Where are you, Lord? I need you right now. But if ever there was a time in the earth, it was ever a time in your life and in my life, this is the time that we really need God more now than we ever need him before. But I love it what it says because the Lord is always with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is with us all the time. Hallelujah. So when we say, Lord, where are you? Fear not. I'm with you. Always with you. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. I love the message Bible. Beginning in verse 17 it says, though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen. And if that doesn't happen, we can't go to Protestant Junction and get no more fruit. Well, we shouldn't be worried about that and let fear and anxiety and depression and trauma strangle us. Though the apples are worm-eaten and the wheat feels stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns are empty. Verse 18, I'm, this is what Habakkuk said, I'm singing joyful praise to God I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior and my God. Hallelujah. So no matter what's going on, hallelujah, you can jump for joy, leap for joy. And he says here in the A portion of verse 
18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. The Hebrew word translated rejoice, it literally means to jump up and down. When we are rejoicing, it means to jump up and down and turn around. Would you read this account from chapters 1 through verses 3? These words were spoken by a trembling, visibly shaken and, and nervous prophet on the eve of this, the destruction of his, his country. So when it seems like everything is, is not the way you want to be and, and the found, your foundation in your family life or any other thing is being eroded and all of that, just continue to declare God's word and make your foundation on the word of God. Verse uh, 18, the B portion. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Now that word translated joy literally means to spin around. So if we're going to rejoice, that means to jump up and down. But when you rejoy, you literally spin around. All right, now I see something that I don't really like over here. All I see is a blank concrete wall. That's all I see right now. How am I going to do what I need to do? There's roadblocks, there's stumbling blocks, there's all of those things against me right now. I just can't seem to get a breakthrough. So instead of running over to Lowe's or Home Depot and getting a sledgehammer, digging Weddington's familiar with this, or a chipping hammer, plugging it in and getting it and beginning to tear that wall down, why don't you do what the Bible says? Why don't you just rejoice, start jumping up and down, have some joy, and before you know it, you turn it around. Oh, now, look what I see in front of me now. There's a whole brand new world out here. On the, so if you change your thinking, think what God wants you to think, you'll see things differently. You won't see the stumbling block. You won't see the roadblocks. You'll see all that God has in front of you. You ought to be able to give God some thanks and some praise for that right now. Hallelujah. When you think different, you change the way you see things. And when you change the way you see things, then you can act differently. Your whole body language has changed. Have you ever noticed people in the, I am an observer of people. And it's been said to me a time or two. Man, you got that walk. I see, I do have that walk. I got that walk. You act different. And I'm act differently because why? First of all, I'm a West Philly, one thing. Second of all, I'm a child of God. I got a whole lot of stuff going on working in my behalf. First of all. But we do act differently when we see things differently. This is what Habakkuk says. Lord, you are my hope. I have seen you, and I will rejoice in you. I will joy in you. First yes, Thessalonians, if you will, you don't have to turn there, but chapter 5, verse 18. And all of these scriptures will be available on our website uh, uh, at, by the end of the day or, or, or shortly thereafter as well, and you can go back and get the scriptures. But First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, you probably don't have to go there and look because we know it by heart, in Everything give thanks. 
That's what Paul told the Thessalonians. And that word in everything is italicized. He said, in everything, give thanks, not for everything. But I can give thanks in everything because I know that God can redeem my situations and God can and God will work out whatever negativity is going on in my life. That's why I loved all of those that came for the time of personal prayer on this morning because now you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, hallelujah, God is going to redeem that situation and work out things that are not necessarily beneficial to you and things that will never bring glory to God in your life. It is never God's will for us to rejoice in our problems, people of God. It is always God's will for us to rejoice in the Lord. So why, you, if you're going through it from the time you say amen and there it is in that time. If you have not yet seen it, just continue to rejoice to the Lord and continue to give him thanks. Thanksgiving. So, so, so here's, here's Habakkuk. And Habakkuk is, you know, he's not a well-known prophet. You know, he, he, but, but in the end, Habakkuk, this man of God, this Pentecostal prophet, if you will, in the end, he realizes that God is not to be worshipped merely because of those temporal, material, and, and physical blessings of life, but he realized and understood that he needed to worship God simply for who he is. When we realize in our lives, worry's not going to get you anywhere. Fear is not going to get you. Well, it'll get you somewhere. Fear is not going to get you anywhere. Doubt is not going to get you anywhere. Having grave concerns about things, about, oh, this is about to kill me, this is about to take me out. Those are the things that, well, they'll get you somewhere. They'll get you either in the hospital, in intensive care, or they'll get you in the grave. But we, as people of God, who know that we are more than conquerors because of all that Jesus did for us when we worship him and thank him for simply who he is in our lives. That'll bring the breakthrough to you. Hallelujah. So here is Habakkuk. He ends his words with a song of thanksgiving to God for who he is and for the unchanging benefits that belong to those that know him. That's why we give thanksgiving. Not, Lord, the turkey's beautiful, smells good, sweet potato pie and apple pie and all the other trimmings and dressings and all of the other things and the side dishes. They were wonderful. But, Lord, today I am thanking you because you blessed us Hallelujah. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Habakkuk had a reason to fret and question God, but instead he chooses to be thankful. Here's some key words in, 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 in these verses, and they include the word although and yet. Key words, although and yet. You find them there, you can underline them or put a circle around them. So Habakkuk is saying, I don't understand all that's happening to me right now. But in spite of it all, again, I choose to give thanks to God. So people of God on this morning, I want each of you, I want these verses, the verses that we just read. I want to show you that regardless of how many things, how, how much or how many things may look to be detrimental to you on the surface, we all have a reason to thank God and to give him thanks.
Just thank God for, his, for who he is, for his unchanging sovereignty in your life. Circumstances change. But hello, somebody. Breaking news. God never changes. Because he says, I am the Lord and I change not. You can't get any more unchanging than that. All for your good and all for his glory. If you don't believe that is so, write this scripture down. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. That's where you'll find that scripture. I am the Lord. I change not. Hallelujah. So when that worry tries to strangle you, uh -huh, when it tries to come against you, go back. Uh-uh. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. It says that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christos, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, the writer is saying, I may not be able to rejoice in my situation, but I can always rejoice in my God. Why is that so? Because he is above all things and over all things. And anything that comes to me has to come through him. Yes. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And if it's good, it's coming to me. Yes. And if it's not good, we have the blood of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. We have a bloodline drawn around us. Yes. And it, it, it may try to come against yes. us. Yes. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Yes. Every tongue that would rise against us in judgment, it is already condemned. Why? Because we are children of the Most High God, and that is our heritage in the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, oh yeah, you want to do something here? Well, you come through the blood. You come through the blood. God, and, and, and here it is. We get, well, you know, sometimes we go to people and say, well, listen, you know, the Lord told me to do this for you. The Lord told me to do that for you. Or the Lord told me to bless you in, in, in my instructions. And, and, and people get, what? Oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. And they really get taken aback and they get surprised by all of that. But our God is never taken by surprise. Uh -huh. Even when negative situations arise in our lives. And I have to say that again because some people just begin to doubt God and the enemy will try to use a negative situation to get you to tell listen, God, he ain't there. But his word says he never leave us nor forsake us. He, didn't we just read something here? Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. I am the Lord and I change not. Well, if there's any change that has to be made, it has, to, it has to come and it has to be from our enemy. But God's never surprised when never negative situations arise in our lives. I'm thinking about uh, back in the, uh, in the New Testament in the book of Revelation when the apostle John, he was sent out on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then God showed him in a vision where God parted the heavens and John the apostle, he saw the throne and he saw Jesus sitting on the throne of God. So even when John was in exile on the Isle of Patmos, way in the back of the book of Revelation, when God showed him, when God was about ready to close the show, 
Jesus was saying to John, he was saying, John, regardless of the circumstances that you see and things that have to take place from Revelation chapter one through the end chapter and the last verse and all of that, he told John, he says, I am yet on the throne. You need to know, people of God, that God is yet on the throne of your life as well. I'm thinking about Isaiah, that Old Testament prophet as well, who was discouraged at the death of his king and his good friend Uzziah. We remember that scripture, don't we? And so the Bible goes on to say that when Isaiah went up into the temple and he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and said, and his train filled the temple. Yes, people of God. Yes, Isaiah. Yes, Uzziah. God is on the throne. And I'm here today to tell you that God can handle your situation. But this is what you got to do. Just offer up some thanksgiving to God. And guess what will happen? He's the one that will bring you through that situation. Mm. Well, now, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. In this vision, in his conversation with God. God, where are you? Where is God? Habakkuk didn't like what he saw for the kingdom of Judah. Again, so he chose to thank God for his sovereign grace and his mercy. And if you look back in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 18 in here, you will see the word Lord. You'll see the word Lord. The word Lord here is translated Jehovah. 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 Ah, if you know anything about the compound names of God, and I think there are a few folk in, in here that know something about the compound names of God. So Jehovah, it means the self-existent, eternal, changeless, covenant-keeping God. It means, when you say Jehovah, it means I am that I am God. Uh-huh. So Lord God, Lord Jesus, he's the one in whom we should put our trust in not sometimes, but at all times. Even when it, we may not perceive what he's doing, even we, we don't understand that he's taking us by way of Samaria, we all would like to go that direct route. We learned that, I think, just a few years ago when we were in elementary school and, and, and junior high and high school, the shortest distance between two points in our geometry class is in a straight line. Mathematically, that is true. But theoretically and scripturally and theologically speaking, that may not always be the case because the Bible says sometimes we must needs go by Samaria. You may have to take a way around to get where you're going. But don't get upset and say, Lord, if you were with me, I wouldn't be going through all of that. The problem is going through. You're not camped out in that situation. But always trust God and know that God knows what he's doing. So the Lord said to Isaiah here, he said, for my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. So when the enemy comes against you and say, ah, <laughs> You're thinking all that stuff and all that. God, he, he got too much on his mind to be thinking about you. 
Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. That's where the scripture I just gave you comes from. We can always know and trust God and know that he always does that which is right and he always makes things. Minister Monkey says to us all the time, come out right. Glory be to God. You need to know that. You need to know that. You need to know that. You, you, all the, we all need to know that God always makes everything come out right for us. Hallelujah. So thank God, people of God. And I thank God that Romans chapter 8, verse 28 is still in the Bible. I thank God that Romans 8 and 28 has been engraved in my spirit, in my thinking, and on my heart. And I thank God that it's yet here in the Bible. What's it say? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we have to choose thanksgiving above questioning and complaining. Why is that so? Thanksgiving is a choice for us. Rather than murmuring and complaining, that's what got the children of Israel in a whole lot of trouble back there when they, when they left Egypt. Murmuring and complaining and questioning God. Notice what... Paul says in, in, in Thessalonians, uh, uh, the first book of Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16 and verse 18. He says, be joyful always. Be joyful always. He says, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will is for you to give him thanks. Even right now. Give him thanks. So we've got to learn how to thank God for his unceasing salvation. So when we go back to verse 18 of Habakkuk chapter 3, and we read again, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. No matter what the circumstances may be, people of God, they can't alter your salvation. There's that debate theologically and there's that debate in society. Well, pastor, once saved, always saved. Change the way you think. You change the way you see things. Change the way you see things, you change the way you act. Paul says that we are going from faith to faith. Hallelujah. All of us, we are children of the Most High God. Yes. Are you a child of the Most High God? Yes. Are you sure that you're a child of the Most High God? Yes. Well, then you got to live like it. Yes. You got to act like it. You have to walk like it. And you have to talk like that. Yes. You are a child of the King. Yes. Royal blood is coursing and flowing through your veins, people of God. He gives you salvation that the world did not give. And the world sure enough can't take it away. So it's up to you to choose to give God thanks in everything that you do. If you have to, just say what Habakkuk said. What did he say? Although the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, 
Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm getting ready to close it up right here now. But I'm reminded of the scripture in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16. Write it down. You can read it when you get home. And this is what God said. In effect, he said, see, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Can you imagine, just imagine, that your names are engraved on the palms of God's hands? That means something. It means to you more than you think it means to you. It means that you, if you ever forget him, he never forgets you. You are always on his mind. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hallelujah. I'm just so thankful for the word of God and what it does. God is our song and our salvation. You may not always feel like being thankful, but thanksgiving is not some emotional feeling. Thanksgiving, people of God, it is a choice. And our highest response, the ultimate expression of our gratitude and respect is to thank God and to give him praise and always to reflect on his goodness. There was a song that we used to sing at the old church, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, I thank God for saving me. Well, you say, well, sometimes I don't feel like praising God. Sometimes I don't think, I don't feel like thanking the Lord. Because look, all this traffic coming out on Sunday morning, all that traffic, it just bugs me. Or you know what? People, people are just, people get to me. But you know what? Those are the best times to thank and praise God. For when you do that, now you're making that sacrifice of thanksgiving. You're making that sacrifice of praise as you worship the Lord in spite of your own human and fleshly inclinations. Closing up right here. Habakkuk is telling all of us people of God that God enabled him to rise above his circumstances and that God was the one who was giving him strength to stand above the battle and to enjoy freedom in the Lord. We ought to be thankful to God today. Because he's, the Lord has brought us out of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And for that, we ought to be thankful. For that, we ought to be able to praise God. And in spite of situations and circumstances, here is a phrase that we often use, no matter what it looks like. The Bible says, and that's what Habakkuk was saying, no matter what it looks like, I am going to trust God. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord and give him thanks and praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.